turning straight to a passage that Paul wrote. Um, in the, it's in the um, book of 2 Corinthians in the Bible. And this is written by Paul, a man who um, saw his life transformed by the love of God. Paul had a determination to um, live whatever way he could, but um, without God as part of his life. And so that came across in funny ways, like he was um, just super religious and just doing what he felt was right. And of course, um, you know, by the grace of God, he comes into a life-transforming relationship with God. And um, so out of that kind of backstory, he shares these words, to a group of people just like us who are getting together and who are wanting to worship God, the the church in Corinth. And this is what he says in 2 Corinthians 4. He, He writes, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face through Jesus of Jesus Christ. And we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We, we're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Paul uses a couple of key phrases in this passage where one, he talks about light and he talks about treasure. When he talks about light, he says like, here is God who said, I will shine light into the darkness. And some of us already would go, that is what God has done for us in our lives. It's like God has shone light into darkness. And Paul describes this light as being the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ and through whom we are made right with God. And so Paul says, like, just like a beam of light, Jesus came and broke into our darkness by God's grace. And then he says, and we're, we're like, we, it's like we have treasure in jars of clay. And I'd like to speak to that um, this morning and say, kids, there's your, maybe one of your first tips for your, um, your activity uh, sheet today. Paul says, you know, in my life, I feel like God has given me treasure in a jar of clay. Now, hands up, who has heard this passage before in the Bible? You've, you're familiar with it, you, you know, and maybe that imagery of like earthen, earthen-like jars and, um, you know, and Paul says, this is what it's like. God has put treasure into jars of clay. I don't know what your mind first goes to when you think about treasure. I saw a news article this week where, um, you know, it probably summed up our culture a little bit when we think about treasure where someone had inadvertently uh, deposited, made a bank deposit to someone else and they'd done the um, automatic transfer electronically um, of $560,000. Did anybody else see this? $560,000 from my account into yours. They got the account wrong, but they didn't realise till a year. And so now they're trying to pick down this person, follow up this person who has $560,000 that does not belong to them, right? Talk about treasure. Like, that's amazing, isn't it? Like, we would all just go, yeah, bank, monopoly, bank error in your favour. Like, I'll take the $560,000. You know, what comes to mind when you hear treasure? You know, I think in our Western affluent culture, we would go to yeah, financial resources or the home we live in or things that we, things that we have. But Paul just wants to bring the Corinthians and ask back to the truth that treasure really and ultimately is what God has done and continues to do in the lives of people that he loves. 
And Paul's on, Paul goes on to say like, well, what you're seeing in us, what you're seeing in me and what we're seeing in each other, if we've got any sense of achievement or anything we can kind of claim, it's not because there's anything special about us. It's because God is working through us and in us. And Paul viewed the gospel, the good news about Jesus, as precious cargo. Do you know what? What a precious cargo we've been blessed with. What a precious cargo we get to carry. This treasure that we get to carry around in our kind of beaten up, ordinary, everyday lives. Paul uses some language there too, where he describes the kind of life that he's been living. And boy, did he know some tough stuff in his life. He, he's, he's trying to draw our attention here to even though God has promised his spirit, he's blessed us with Jesus Christ, that the Christian is not immune to the, the knocks of everyday life. Uh, we read it here, we'll have it up on the screen where he says words like, we're afflicted, we're perplexed, we're persecuted, we're struck down. I'm not sure about you, but some of those, I don't, I don't feel like we tend to use some of those words in every, everyday life, but they're still relevant to us. You know, thinking this through, I was just thinking, afflicted, it's like Paul is saying, we, we have seen the most ferocious things but in the midst of everything, God has been our fortress. And some of, many of us would know that to be true in our own lives, wouldn't we? We have seen, we have just things have come out of left field, but through it all, God has been our fortress. Paul says, I've been perplexed. Maybe we would say there's been moments where we've been so unsure of what to do, but God has been faithful and guided us. Paul certainly knew persecution. We don't live firsthand with the persecution that he experienced with whips and getting flogged and things like that. But we would say we've, there's been moments where you feel like you've been interrogated for your faith, but God has not left you. I hear that comment a lot from people who work in very secular workplaces who say, oh, it feels like I'm interrogated because of my faith. I feel like I'm the odd person out and I don't know what to do. But in all of this, God has never left me. It's so encouraging to hear that sense of like, I know God is with me. And going back to that language of like, they feel like God is using them to shine light into dark places. And finally, Paul says, I've been struck down. We might say we've faced all manner of events and circumstances, but through it all, God has given us the strength and the courage to persevere. And in all of this, Paul says, it's not because anything that we're doing or I've done, it's because of the grace of God. And if you feel like I've got, Paul says, if you feel like I've got a sense of durability and robustness about me, it's not because of this exterior, it's not because of this, this jar, this pot, this life that I have, it's because of the sustaining power of God, the treasure within me. The amazing treasure and knowledge that the wonderful God, love of God never fails us and never leaves us that God would always sustain us and that what God is doing is of such great worth. And how encouraging that, you know, when Paul wrote down these words, writing to the church in Corinth, like he wouldn't have known our exact circumstances here and now living in Geelong and Geelong region, but yet they come alive by the power of the Holy Spirit and they're the same thing. I'd like to invite up... Um, someone to share a bit about this this morning. And so would you guys all put your hands together for Luke? Luke, come on up here. Put your hands together. Come on, come up here. Here's your microphone. Thank you. Good morning. 
Morning, good. Look at them. Good, good looking bunch of people, aren't they? Hey, definitely. Excellent. Now, um, maybe I can ask you a couple of questions just to get us started here, so people get to know you because some people might not know you, right? Um, if you've got to give up one forever, coffee or chocolate? Uh, definitely coffee. Okay, done. You've made some enemies already. Okay, holidaying. Do you go to the bush, like camping in the bush, or do you go frolicking at the beach? Uh, I'm definitely a bush guy. Yeah, nah, my wife loves the beach, but nah, I'm the bush. Very good. Who's the funniest person at your house, you or your wife, Ash? Definitely me. <laughs> <clears throat> now, who owned your shirt this morning, you or your wife, Ash? Uh, Ashley. <laughs> Final question, mate. Palmer or burger with a lot? No, nah, definitely a palmy. Very good. Good choice. Palmy. <laughs> Sorry. Now I've made an enemy by the looks of it. <laughs> hey, um, uh, what do you do? Would you just tell people a bit about um, your work, like what you and Ash do? Uh, I'm um, a bricklayer in the area and Ash is at Cotton On yeah, good. designing the swimwear for Cotton On Body. Excellent. Gotcha. And uh, thanks for coming up because... You, um, there was some Sunday ago where you and I were chatting after church and um, there was something that you said that really stuck with me. Would you be happy to share with all of us? Because it was like, a, at the time, I was like, it just felt like a really normal moment. But the more that I thought about it, the more I'm like, oh, actually, this is something different. So would you just be able to share people about that? Yeah, great, I, was, um, I was just explaining to Jono how... Um just how, like, coming to church on a Sunday and the conversations we have after church um, are really encouraging for me, um, just because, like, I find at work, the guys I work with are sort of always talking about drugs and alcohol and women and, um, like, just sort of having to sit there and listen to these conversations all week. It's quite draining. Um, and then when we come to church, uh, the conversations we have are, like, full of life and meaning and purpose and just sort of gives me the energy to deal with just standing there listening again all week. Um, so, yeah, I just find that really encouraging. And um, also I want to thank everyone that, that takes the time to talk to me because I know I can chew people's ear off. So I do appreciate the fact that people stand there and are happy to have a conversation with me. Yeah. And can you remember exactly what you said? Because, I mean, to give you a bit of context, it was um, there was a few stragglers. Like there was kind of six or eight people and um, just, you know, closing the blinds. We're about to lock the door. And do you remember what you said to me? Yeah, I, I do because I tell a lot. Sinead's here as well. So remember as a kid and uh, we would be in the car park at Barrow, waiting in the car with Arnie Esther, waiting for Uncle Bernard to stop talking. It would just drag on and on and on. And I swore I'd never be that person. <laughs> and then last week, yes, where Jono's pretty much like, come on, guys, I've got to lock the door. <laughs> and that, yeah, that's me now. <laughs> that's good. And, and you apologised a couple of times. You're like, no, I'm so sorry. And I said, no, that's fine. Like, we can talk as, as long as you want. And do you remember your, what you said back to me when I said that? Like, what, what you, how you described that moment in your week? You just, like, what struck me was when you said, like, oh, um, oh, this is just like one of my favourite times of the week. Yeah, yeah it definitely is. Definitely, um, yeah, the conversations, I think. Like, I've, I find, I've found that people come to church for different things. Some people for the worship, some people for the message. Um, but, yeah, I've really find just the community. Uh, I can see why you got me up here today. Um, 
the, just having the bunch of community to come around and talk and grow with, um, and I might be jumping the gun, but just another thing I've really found with coming to Moolap is just being a part of the community, just how I've changed, like without even, you know, God putting anything on my heart to go, you know, you should try and change there. I've just found with hanging out with Christians and uh, being a part of this community, just I found myself naturally changing. Like definitely, um, you know, being at work and how they talk about women, just I was not very patient in my own marriage, but, you know, I've noticed in the last couple of months just being more patient, more kind, more selfless, just... And I think it's just because I'm hanging out with the right people. Mm. That's great. That's cool, man. Any other thoughts? No, that's it. You're doing a good job. Good. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Why don't you thank Luke? Now, I'd just like to pick up two things that, um, that stood out to me. And like I said, it was a really... Like, you know those moments where you're like, oh, this is a really normal moment and sometimes we take for granted things that other people don't take for granted. I'd just like to pick out two things that Luke said just before, but I think are relevant to all of us. And so um, Paul, Paul in this passage introduces the idea that God has placed the treasure, the best of himself in, in frail, ordinary human beings. And... He uses this imagery of like treasure in a jar of clay. And I don't, like I should have got my wife up. She's a pottery expert and studied it at uni and that kind of stuff. But, you know, reading through what Paul was trying to describe there, where he's like um, a pot or jug of, made of clay, once completed, is not robust all the time. It only takes one kind of ding at the right angle on a, on a sharp object and it would meet its, meet its end. And the durability of that jug can be deceiving. You know, the thick porcelain is more delicate than what it may first appear. And that struck me just going back on that conversation with Luke, because like, I just went like, oh, here's a, here's a young guy with big, sh- big shoulders and a broad smile and is happy and likes to talk with people. And he's fragile to the knocks that the world, world brings. And I thought, oh, he, it's, it's not about Luke, it's about each and every one of us, isn't it? That there's, there can be this sense of fragility, and I, I think Paul's hit it on the head, where he's not saying, don't be fragile. You can't be fragile anymore. He's just saying, this is what God has done. Like, this is the reality that we are going to go through life, and there's going to be moments or times or seasons, or this maybe even an ongoing sense of our own fragility, that we are delicate and we're in need of care. And I think we have a spiritual enemy who knows that he can't um, compete or overcome the love of God for each and every one of us. And so what's the next best thing to do? It's to try and damage the pot and just destroy the pot, this this fragile pot. Because I think, sorry Luke, not to go back to you all morning, like I think there's a spiritual enemy that, that would love nothing more for Luke to be discouraged in his, in, in his faith when he goes to his workplace. And an enemy that would love nothing more than to, for Luke to go, oh, oh, there's days where this is, ju- this is just too hard. I'm just going to go with the flow. And I'm not going to be light into a dark, but it's actually just too hard to hold up that candle or torch anymore. And I'm just going to, nah, that it is what it is. 
and maybe each and every one of us have felt moments like that or we, where that could be the reality where we, we think something like that and believe something about ourselves. But like I just went back to going like, oh no, the, the part that we can play as community, if that's as simple as hanging around and chatting with someone after church and their tank gets full, I'm like, let's do that. And there was a moment where Luke says to me like, oh, it's one of my favourite parts in the week. And I'm like, I, I should probably have that attitude. You know, like we can be so quick to move on. And, you know, that, that sense for me was just like that really simple reminder. Don't go rushing through Jono moments that can help empower someone else in their faith. That sees them want to hold up that light of Christ more boldly and more brightly in their workplace into the darkness. That in spite of our fragile nature, God promises to do something incredible about us. And that's, that's honestly, sometimes I've struggled when I've heard Pastor Matt, you know, hands up who you feel like we've heard Pastor Matt say like, you know, the opportunity is to do small things for God. I'm like, oh, small things? Like, that's no good. Like, I want to do big things. And reading through Paul, particularly this verse, the reminder for me that, oh, we do small things, but believing that God has put treasure within us, that the power of God is limitless, that the Holy Spirit goes before us and is preparing opportunity to speak of the goodness of God, to share about Jesus, to encourage others in Jesus' name, to bring light into dark places. I could have really um, overlooked that seemingly unimportant uh, moment. But that's the opportunity for each of us, isn't it? We're the call to follow Jesus and see that treasure, that worth in other people, that they would also come to know him if they don't have a relationship with him already. And that's to hold intention, I think. Holding two things in tension. Um, You know, God... I believe calls us to be sympathetic and understanding and treat people with the worth, like knowing that we are fragile, but also how do we cheer on and call out what we see in people, that the treasure that God has placed within people. Um, sympathetic, being sympathetic and understanding and, and caring to other people um, without, without having faith and calling out God in other people, what we see in other people is almost like a bit like spiritual back padding, I think. It'll, it'll be okay, you can do it. Of course, we need to care for each other, but in the same way, if we simply call out faith, you know, you know, you know I love what God's doing in you, except we don't, we don't care, that can feel cold and heartless. How do we hold in tension those two things that we, we acknowledge each other's frailty? but also we acknowledge and we stir on the, the treasure that God has put within each, each, within each one of us. I'd just like to take a moment or two to um, share three ways that I've seen this happen in the life of our church and regularly see it happen. Um, how, can we, um, how can we call that out in each other? How can, we, how can we spur each other on, as Paul said, in good works in the name of Jesus? Um, one, the first one, I think, is being, just being willing. Just being willing. Willing to put ourselves in, position, in positions where we maybe forgo our own time or our own preference, believing that God has gone ahead of us and just, just take time with other people. I'll give you an example. I, I regularly, I'm really encouraged when I regularly hear the story uh, of people who will say something to me, like to me, um, 
They'll say, I was, I was never sure about coming back to church. I was never sure about coming back to church. And I will listen and there will often be a but, like a capital, a capital B-U-T, where they go, but, but. And, it, and what they go on to say is they describe how they, they met someone who, in the life of our church, who was caring and considerate and was kind and took the time to talk to them and to listen and to not be pushy. And so this person has come into church with a sense of fragility, even coming through the doors. They're like, I am so not sure about this. But they've met one of you, like someone in the life of our church who has been kind and caring and just taken the time where they're like, oh, this is a safe place for me to be. It's almost like an image, like they come in holding this fragile pot and they're like, is this going to get smacked by a hammer? Like, what am, I gonna, what am I going to be on the receiving end of when I come into church here? And, I, and I've, I've heard it enough times that I just really intently look at people's faces when they tell this story because their face changes when they talk about the person who cared for them. And their face changes. They've got like a smile on their face and the look, I would say, is like it's like they've found treasure. It's like they've found this thing of incredible worth and value to them. I love that, that there's people who, well, I don't love it, but acknowledge that there's people who, maybe you this morning, you've had a poor experience of church life and, and Christians, people that follow Jesus. But how exciting that God gives us opportunity to treat people in the way that they deserve and that we can be a place where God's Holy Spirit is welcomed and we flourish together. That we would be that place for people who don't know, haven't heard the good news about Jesus before. And that we would together be a willing people, just willing to choose and forgo at times what we want to do so we can bless other people. That's number one. Number two is um, I love how I get to see people's, um, God use people's gifts and abilities. There's no substitute for that. Um, Ellie and I at home, we've been wrestling through um, a particular decision that we needed to make in an area, of, uh, an area that we don't really have expertise in. It was completely out of our depth. But we were sitting in the car one day and a particular person came to mind where we are like, oh, we could ask this person. And so it actually happened quite like at the same time. We're like, this person is an expert in the area that we're struggling with. And more than that, we trust them. Uh, they, they've proven themselves to be trustworthy. And three, they're also a Christian. They know the worldview. They know the lens that we're looking through for this decision. And um, so we were, we were working through this decision. It was ultimately like a yes or a no. There, there was no in between. And, and we landed on our answer largely because of the influence of that person. Not, not entirely, We'd, but we're going like, actually, how can we... You know, there's this sense of fragility just about ourselves. We, do, we don't know this. Like we're putting ourselves in a vulnerable position, but that person through their willingness to use their gifts and their expertise and uh, abilities in this area just blessed us incredibly. And it felt like treasure. It felt like we'd stumbled upon something that we didn't deserve that helped us now make a decision that we feel really peaceful about. And that we could be a place, we could be a people, a church, where we go, actually, we're willing to, you know, that if God has gifted us in a particular area, gifted you in a particular area, you would use that to bless other people. 
that in doing so, people would feel like they'd found something of amazing worth. And finally, faith. Faith. I feel personally like I've so overlooked so many times about how our, relation, our own personal relationship with God can be such a gift to other people when we open up about it, when we share. The number of times that I've been encouraged in my own personal faith when I've heard stories of people who are living out theirs. And we get to experience this. I love how we get to experience this as a, as a group all together as a church. Um, some of the things that I've heard recently that I hope would encourage you to is um, someone was sharing with me how... Um, they're, they've got a couple of friends. So this person comes along to our Moolap congregation regularly and they've got a couple of friends who want nothing to do with church, who will actually be quite, kind of quite angry and distrusting of the church and us as Christians. Um, but this person was telling me, like, oh, they ask their friend, their friends, and they're happy to read the Bible together with them. Don't want anything to do with church. Don't want anything to do with God but I'm happy to come and read the Bible with you in your lounge room. I love that. When I was hearing that story, I'm like, oh, I just want to be praying into that. Like God's all over that. Like God has such a great sense of humour that this per- their, their friends are like, nah, I'm going to have nothing to do with God. And then I'm going to open up a book that tells me all about how much God loves me. Like, yeah, that'll show him. Like, I love how our faith can be in action where, you know, we can help people find treasure. I was listening to someone the other day and they, they were talking about how um, they're praying for a person they know at their life group who has never come along to church on a Sunday, but they feel is so close to receiving Jesus for themselves without ever having been here on a Sunday, involved in any other church activities, but trust has been built through their life group. And, you know, this person is like, oh, I really want to know more about Jesus. Actually, can we keep on talking about this? And so it's like the Luke equivalent of their life group. Like this person is just like staying all night, like you've got to go now. I've got work tomorrow. Like, but this person is so enthusiastic about wanting to hear the good news. How exciting is that? And we've just, we've just finished up our most, uh, most recent Alpha Series 2, where people have come into a life-changing relationship with Jesus for the first time. They've put their life in God's hands, and all they know of the Christian faith is what they've experienced on Alpha. But they've heard and understood enough that they would hear the good news about that Jesus gave his life for each and every person, each and every one of us. And how exciting is that? that God would use the faith of other people who have been willing to serve and, and, you know, serve meals and lead conversations and tables in Alpha that, you know, now there's people who just a few months ago would say all they had was this, their life was like a fragile vessel and now they have treasure within it. I'm like, it's like chalk and cheese. That's like light and dark. Before, just a few months ago, they were trying to live a life without the love of God, with no knowledge of the gift of Jesus Christ. And now, not only has their life been changed, their eternity has been changed by the goodness of God. And so I think about that with building community, you know, that we have, we've been promised, we have been gifted treasure in jars of clay and I love what Carol said last week. It's a shame the podcast didn't work. Carol and Phil short 
telling, was it 1974 they went to, 1974 I think? They went to serve in West Africa and they've been going back ever since. And, you know, Carol used that line. She said, just living in anticipation of God using you and saying, God, what do you have for me to do today? God, what do you have to do for me to do today? People encountering the love of God and God choosing to use us. That is just so, how much worth does that have to us that we get to be part of that? It's incredible. Um, today, I want to love to finish up um, by sharing communion together. And um, those of us that, um, I know, radical, right? Two weeks in a row. Those of us that grow up churches of Christ are like, oh, this is the norm. Like, but um, team, if you want to come up and, and lead us in a song, um, Murray and Steph, that'd be great. And going to give you the invitation that we share in communion together. And in doing so that, as Jesus, um, as Jesus said, this is his, his body broken for us, his, his blood poured out for us. This is Jesus becoming fragile and taking on our frag, fragile nature to identify with us. And Jesus giving his life so that we may have treasure, we may have his spirit living within us, that we are transformed and that our lives continue to be transformed by the love of God. And so I'm going to invite us to stand and uh, I'm going to pray if you wouldn't mind, we can stand up now and I'm going to pray and come down and um, receive the communion elements. There's uh, at the front and also at the back. And uh, when you come back to your seat, I invite you to um, just stand, take the communion elements in your own time and then we're going to um, sing together as well. And so, um, yeah, let, let's pray together. God, we thank you so much that um, you come in the form of Jesus Christ and you would um, identify with how fragile we can feel. And in doing so, you would give, give your life so we could be brought into relationship with you, Father God, that we could have this treasure living within us. Not a stagnant treasure that just we have to hold on to or just clamour to hold, take possession of, but one that you have blessed us with to give away freely. God, we invite you and ask that you would help us live out our faith well. God, that we would be willing people, willing to take the time to say, God, what do you have for us today? Willing to take time for other people. God, help us be a people where we too, like we we um, share with others the gifts and abilities and you know, things that you've created us, talents you've created us with to bless other people that in doing so, you know, like Paul says, it'd be light, light shining into dark places. Use us, we pray. And bless us with faith, Lord God. Bless us with faith, just as Paul had. And he says, you know what, all the knocks that I've endured, you know, if there's any, if there's any kind of durability about my life, is there, if there's any way you see me getting through this life, in spite of everything that's happened, it's nothing to do with me. It's because of my faith in God. And it's God, You, that empowers us and equips us. And so we say thank You. And as we share communion together, we say, you know, come and build us into the family, into the people that You desire, the community that honours You, we put our faith in you afresh this morning, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.